Tap Out Talk proudly presents The Dark Side of the Ring. Let's get in. Welcome everybody to this edition of Tap Out Talk. Dark Side of the Ring, Season 1, Episode 1. Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth met and were married six months before Savage debuted in the WWF. Their real-life storyline relationship in which Savage portrayed a controlling, paranoid, jealous partner mirrored a real-life relationship where Savage was exactly made to be that. Along with the lovely Miss Elizabeth, this is their story. This is their darkness. This is the match made in heaven. I'm your host, Brian, the Hype Ballard, and without further ado, let's get in. We start off with the documentary cast, and this episode follows the usual formula out of any documentary that you guys would expect to hear. The talking heads in this episode include the following. The infamous Bruce Pritchard, also known as Brother Love. He's long been with the company for a long time with the WWF. He met Randy back in 1987, and he goes into a history of Randy's father, Angelo Papo, who had his own territory years ago while Randy and his brother were growing up. We have Lanny Papo, the Macho Man's real-life brother. He starts off, ironically, in the show with a joke, and he talks about, I'm not allowed to talk about Randy being a bedwetter, right? Knowing the, very well that the cameras were rolling, you can tell he's got some humor to him. He was always upstaged by Randy, and he talked a little bit about that, but he never bothered him, really, because he knew he was getting over because of Randy and Randy's work. Next, we have Linda Balea, a.k.a. Hawk Hogan's ex-wife. She shows off, initially, an old table where the guys used to sit after a night of drinking, and they would carve, carve their autographs into this uh, wooden table that she actually shows us in the presentation. Her and Elizabeth, actually, she talks about how they became close friends since they were one of the only females around the business at that time, where there was not a lot of ladies. One of our next cast members is Scott Hall, the infamous Reza Ramon. Randy, basically he met Randy in a local gym, and he actually said that that's where Randy actually met Elizabeth, and he said it was actually love at first sight, according to Randy. Elizabeth take was that it took her a little bit to get used to the huge personality that Randy exuberated. We're also joined by Jimmy Hart. He played a big part in the Macho Man in making his way to the New York company for the WWF. Elizabeth and Randy were married six months before Randy debuted in the WWF. Jake the Snake Roberts. You guys might remember him from an infamous angle with Savage. But Jake said that it was Vince who was going into every territory, and he originally talked to Randy about having a valet. Randy would not have anybody other than his lovely Elizabeth. Some suspected that it was mostly to keep an eye on her. We're also joined by Eric Bischoff. Eric's a part of this because he obviously knew them towards the end of their days, as it possibly as it ended in tragedy but he was there for the majority of their WCW days. And we have Dutch Mantel. 
who is also a part of the wrestling industry and uh, is a expert analysis on this documentary. Well, that's the documentary cast and crew. Let's go on. So the match made in heaven. And for a TV show of this nature, The Dark Side of the Ring, I think it's best, really, the way to start. We're introduced by Bruce Pritchard, who I'm actually kind of a little shocked. And, you know, if he should be hosting this or not. But I guess, you know, there could be worse choices than this. He's no Randy for much of his career. He does an acceptable job of explaining how Macho Man got into the business originally. So I applaud him for that. I would like to... He says, I would have liked to find out more really about, you know, we would have liked to have a little more info about his dad, Angelo Poffo, in this documentary, but we understand it's not about that. But this isn't that story, right? So I get it. Much like Bruiser Brody in a later episode, Randy had to live his crazy gimmick in public all the time, and they give some stories of that. Lanny Poffo chimes in here, and he says that his brother... You know, that's the part where he gets where his brother was a bedwetter and he jokes about that. And then he says, I must say that uh, if he saves this episode a couple times, you know, really, he saves the episode. For something so personal, you need someone who grew up with Savage. And I think Lanny was a good shot. And the only one who really did know Randy personally. But this is where the episode got a little disappointed. Because rather than getting Hawk Hogan in, they had Linda Hogan represent and that was the representative side for Miss Elizabeth. And that makes sense to me, I guess, overall, because, you know, Elizabeth needed a voice on this show. And there wasn't many since she was isolated by Savage for most of her career. So it makes sense to have somebody like Linda Hogan or Linda Balea for that. But they seemed like they were more like casual acquaintances than super close. Possibly because Elizabeth's family wouldn't do anything with the show. You know, it felt really sad because they only seemed to get together because of their husband's association. And Linda really kind of felt sorry for her. She said, you know, I would have preferred hearing from somebody related to Elizabeth, but I get that they couldn't get anybody to do it. There's no mention of any of her family aside from the fact that she was poor growing up with her mother and brother and dad when he was young. Um, I'm also questionable of Scott Hall's presence in the show. Um... Was he and a Savage friends? It never really did explain that. He did have some stories about him, though. At least Jimmy Hart had a close working relationship with him when they teamed up as the Mega Powers. And that was, you know, initially we forget that he was around Savage a lot during the time as he worked with them guys. With him teaming with Hogan, again, it made a lot of sense. We also got a little bit of the history of the wedding and the relationship that him and Elizabeth shared. We go through some memory lanes. We go through some moments in the show where sometimes it seemed that Elizabeth was generally scared of Randy's possessiveness towards her. To the point where sometimes he was known as locking her into a room while he had his matches. And later, of course, during the Mega Powers angle... Elizabeth was a feature, a main feature of this tag team. Watching back on some of these old promos involving Savage and Elizabeth in 2020, it's so easy to understand how they both became so popular. Imagine if this actually happened in today's wrestling world. 
I wonder. The ogre of a man making the small woman subservient to his every whim. You imagine seeing that nowadays? There would be an uproar in social media all over the place in the modern era. We have fans wanting the show to be axed because of this big, mean, savage brute who's treating this young lady like garbage. But it was an equality was questionable, despite decades of progress in the other direction. Rather than boycott the show, fans actually tuned in back in the 80s to see what's going on and said, I can't believe they would treat this lady this way. And controversy, as Eric Bischoff likes to say, creates cash. If anything, it built Hulk Hogan even more, along with Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was seen as a courage lady being able to get out of a bad situation. So I actually looked at this. Some people would have looked down on this angle nowadays. I would actually look down and up at this angle and said, look at the story that's being told. Elizabeth, while she came between these two guys, it's open to interpretation. She maybe had the courage with the strength of a supportive friend in Hawk Hogan to finally get away from a bad situation in a relationship. And I think that's a very important story to tell, and that's why it hit with the fans so well back in that era and that generation. It was about storytelling, and it was about tapping into your audience and seeing if you hit the right root cause and the trigger that they needed to make them feel something. Ladies and gentlemen, that's wrestling. We also, it's an angle way ahead of its time, as I just kind of alluded to. And because there, again, was some realism with how protective he was of her, the realism was, Savage was protected of his Miss Elizabeth. The tension was there because it was always there. A little voice in Elizabeth's head was always saying, why do I put up with this crap? You could see it in her eyes. That's not acting. But she seemed to love him enough to put on a brave face every day and endure, despite knowing that it might come to her end. And in doing so, they became the most popular couple in WWF history. By the way, I loved Jake the Snake Roberts in this episode. He's a master of understanding psychology, um, something of some guys in the modern era don't have. And he's getting heat, and he's also really good, and his comments carry a lot of weight and a lot of thought because he lived these lifestyles of these people. We also get some insight on WrestleMania 3. His brother Lanny Poffo, aka the genius, explains how it always bothered him how he could never reach that plateau of intensity and skills in a match ever again. He was a perfectionist in his craft. Mega powers explode storyline leading up to WrestleMania 5, blurred the lines of reality, of jealousy, and was the key uh, was the jealousy, even with Randy's best friend. They go into how Savage would control Elizabeth in and out of the ring. He made it very clear that he was in charge of the relationship, according to Linda Hogan. Randy was very mistrustful of the boys in the locker room, and rightfully so, according to Jake the Snake Roberts. A lot of wrestlers on this comment and said they wouldn't have their own wives in that locker room. The result of all of these demands caused Elizabeth to ask for time off from the WWF, in which it would lead the Macho Man Randy Savage in his rage into the Macho King gaming with Queen Sensational Sherry. 
and that storyline is the WWF was introduced for the next couple of years as Elizabeth needed her much time off to rethink life. This would eventually culminate to a career versus career match at WrestleMania 7 with the Ultimate Warrior. And after losing the match, it would allow for the WWF to reunite the lovely Miss Elizabeth with her old sweetheart, Randy Macho Man Savage together once again. And despite being married for years, this would cause the two to be married in front of a live audience at SummerSlam that year. I remember seeing this matchup at WrestleMania. Fans were crying, grown men, teenagers, and older were crying in the stands when they got back together. Macho Man's career was over and he was going to ride off in the sunset at WrestleMania and get married and get away from the wrestling industry, tapping into those guys in the locker room and their emotions of maybe I should just walk away and go have a normal life and not be a wrestler and actually stay with my wife. And I'm sure there's some people out in the audience today that you know, maybe have had those kind of thoughts that said, would it be better if I just stuck it out or would it be better if I leave? That was the story they were telling here back in the 80s. I mean, it was amazing. But this story had a different ending. And we'll find out soon enough. Guys, I just want to say real quick, one tap out talk here. We like wrestling. We like the positivity of the IWC. And I want to say just, you know, like, share, subscribe. Consider if you can want to do that for me. I'd be greatly appreciate it. Really helps out the channel and content like this. But you're watching either way, and I appreciate you for that too. So thank you for the friendship and thank you for the time. Let's get back in. Life imitating art. Sometimes art imitates life. Intensity. Intensity is that one Randy Savage promo in a video. Um, you know the one. It's when the veins are popping out of his skull. I think it's one of those darkest parts of the episode because his overprotective nature fuels him and he cuts promos like that because of his overprotective nature. We can't say how much of his personality goes into the character, but you can imagine him getting pissed at Elizabeth, going for not being where he expects her to be at every single time. You can also understand why she had to leave him, because there's only so much anyone can take of this paranoia. Bruce Pritchard says, the best line in the episode which is life imitating art and sometimes art imitates life then you get really fucked up linda's biggest contribution is giving it from a wife's perspective as they toured the world on their husbands with their husbands and savage was wanting to keep elizabeth away from the boys so it's understandable that she felt trapped and isolated on these trips It was a cruel twist of fate, though, feeling isolated and trapped on these trips. It was a very cruel twist of fate. Her divorce from him led down a darker, deeper road where she sought freedom. There's a lot of filler in the middle of this episode, on this, but talking about how Elizabeth's parents bought into the kayfabe idea and then 
there was the snake incident with Jake. And we got a lot of background on the snake incident and how Savage had a over-the-top reaction uh, to Elizabeth going AWOL. And so he was getting a little sad, the Savage, and the demeanor change, and he was able to move on and have plenty of success in the WWF and WCW, respectfully. So he was a little jealous there. Um, what his heart felt, though, despite them no longer being together eventually now, is Savage is getting Elizabeth a job. He still helped her get a job with WCW because she needed money. He didn't have to do that, but he still cared enough about her, for her, wanted to protect her. And enough to ensure that she keep making decent money in the business. Savage announced his divorce on a live TV show, taking the presenters by surprise. This would lead to a program with Jake the Snake Roberts who crashed the reception and putting the snake into one of their gifts. And Jake then calls the situation of Randy Paranoia. And then he gets the Randy Paranoia before the infamous snake bite incident that you see here. In the fall of 1991, Randy Savage questions Roberts about the cobra that's going to be used in the snake bite using and how it may have not been fixed how you know the snake could have been very real actually made jake get bit by his own snake before randy said he would do it he challenged jake and he said hmm maybe that snake's actually not fixed at all maybe that poison is very real and then he says maybe you do it and maybe i watch you do it in this room says Savage and Jake says okay and Jake not being very angry was fine and he goes well maybe you are or maybe you're not poisoned I'll go out there and do it with you that's the kind of intensity that people had to put up with from Randy so we get a chilling story from Linda Hogan about the time Elizabeth tried to leave Savage at this moment and getting mad at Hulk Hogan her husband at the time for trying to take Elizabeth's side in the matter. And they've actually had her invite her to stay at their house until it get blew over. And Savage came down there, banging on doors, you know, and trying to, um, saying that they were kidnapping her and causing a lot of issues. He was possessive of Elizabeth and paranoid. Moving ahead. The years of Lex Luger and Miss Elizabeth. Luger and Elizabeth met in their WCW days. Eric Bischoff was the one that kind of chimes in here. His only considerable contribution to this episode is the way he describes the disdain for the way Lex Luger handled the relationship while Elizabeth, with Elizabeth. What the episode didn't tell you, however, is that the two months leading up to the end, according to sources, Cobb County Police... Uh, found Elizabeth with a two bruised eyes, a bump on her head, and a cut on her lip. Luger was charged with a misdemeanor count of battery and released on a $2,500 bond. Not only that, but Luger was arrested for driving under the influence. There was The signs were there in 2003, and they were all kinds of them. Bruisings, drug usage, cocaine, 
and both he and Elizabeth being in serious trouble, did anyone try to intervene? We never get told. We never get told. The only thing we are informed of is the popping pills and the drinking excessively led to Miss Elizabeth's death. Lex Luger takes responsibility for it in the episode, and Bischoff admits that he has since put his hatred behind him for Lex. It almost feels like an afterthought now. That was the single worst thing to happen. Yet there wasn't much information about its aftermath. And here are some more details. Luger was arrested after a search of a residence revealed a number of illicit controlled substances, including anabolic steroids, oxycotton, synthetic growth hormones, testosterone, alphaprazone. He is charged with 13 felony drug possession charge. He was released the following day in bail for $27,500. Miss Elizabeth's death, which occurred in the incident, eventually ruled an accidental death. Luger pleaded guilty to the charges and was fined $1,000, sentenced to five years of probation. He ordered to undergo periodic drug testing. He debuted with TNA Wrestling in the late 2003s, making sporadic appearances for them and the independent scene until his retirement in 2006 and 2012. He inducted his friend Sting into the TNA Hall of Fame. He has worked with the WWE on their wellness policy. A passion project now for, for Lex. I actually work behind the scenes with them now and again with all the wellness club. He says, I counsel a lot of the athletes on nutrition, wellness, exercise, taking care of their bodies. That's another thing that WWE is being very proactive now with the wellness department. And they really train these guys with health, nutrition, and drug prevention. We're trying to prevent young guys making these kind of mistakes of the old generation. The young generation of guys from going down the same path that we did back in the 80s and 90s. And while a life was lost, Lex Luger was not imprisoned and seemed to have spent the rest of his life trying to make amends. He's trying to make things up for that loss. But it was tough when, when Elizabeth passed away because of the environment he provided. The episode doesn't get comments from anyone else on Luger, only Bischoff. The 911 call, however, is the hardest moment to take in on the episode. Lex's details the incident in the video. Randy Savage went went on to marry it, and after that, Randy Savage moves on to marry another love of his life, Lynn Payne. The two would finally find peace. While Elizabeth's end was tragic with the drugs heart failure. Randy found peace with a new love after moving away from Elizabeth. Randy Savage went on to marry Lynn Payne and the two would find peace in their final years and Randy
Randy would eventually pass away in 2001 due to a heart-related matter while driving. Guys, we get a wrap-up on the show. Randy, Macho Man Savage, and Miss Elizabeth. I feel like Randy Savage distanced himself from the business because he failed to protect Elizabeth. These are my final thoughts. Although he was very overly protective, he was doing it because he knew the nature of the business and Randy wanted to protect her from going down the wrong path, which she ended up in anyway, because of the business. And after her passing, we didn't see him too much after that in the world. He dedicated the rest of his life to his Special Olympics and finding a new love. And Scott Hall was saying Liz should be in the Hall of Fame. She was called the First Lady of Wrestling for a reason. And that was the best line. I agree. Miss Elizabeth should be in the WWE Hall of Fame as the First Lady of Wrestling as an honorary inductee. Lanny Poffo gave me the biggest laugh in the closing moments, telling um, a story of a little Timmy getting told by Randy Savage that he will sign his autograph, but he better do good in the best he can in school every single day. Or, it's going to be really, really bad for you, Timmy, in that Randy-type voice. In the end, and while I don't have a better you know, choice of guest and more insight on the darker parts of the story, um, I did enjoy it. Um, and he basically told Timmy to get good grades or he'll be coming back for him. So he used his powers for good. However, seeing as this is the first episode of the first season, it's easy to be overly critical on something so new. And I want to give this series some time to develop because I, one thing I want to say is they want something to ease people into the show. The dark side of the ring, the match made in heaven, accomplishes this goal for everybody. It eases them into the show so they can tell bigger stories and bigger things. So if you're a fan of Randy Savage, the Macho Man, and Miss Elizabeth, it's definitely worth a watch. Just don't expect anything surprising because there's nothing there that most people didn't already hear or know about here. Rest in peace, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. And the single greatest couple in wrestling history that you are. And guys, I feel like this was a good show that told the true story. I like the Dark Side of the Ring series because they're not sponsored by the WWE. It's not revisionist history being written. I like these shows because I'm getting the real deal from the people that want to tell all sides of the story and not just one. Those are my final thoughts. Guys, I just want to say thank you for watching. Hope you enjoyed the show. Like, share, subscribe, and we'll do more. And, and remember, it's game over.